You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. It's a state of the offense Thursday here on Purple Daily presented by Quick Trip. This is Daily Vikings Entertainment right here where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And uh, we are recording because we're, we're, we're going to take a couple days off here and there during the holidays, but the show doesn't take a day off. So we've pre-recorded, speaking of Super Bowls, some historical pie charts. Judd and I the other day just recorded a pie chart of historical blame for the Vikings' first Super Bowl loss in 1970. We went mm-hmm. back and watched the, the grainy footage of Super Bowl four. And, dished, and found a conspiracy theory within yeah. the happenings. We got screwed. 100% screwed and not even screwed, like hoodwinked, I would say. Bamboozled. Yeah, all of it. All of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was very disappointing. That game was winnable if if it hadn't been for, let's just say, a certain condition. Yep. Yep. And so be on the lookout <laughs> in the next couple of weeks for some of those mm-hmm. historical pie charts. Uh, before we dive into the state of the offense here and some interesting... Kirk Cousins fodder here. Some some early contract speculation out there. Let's tip our caps to literally the hat that Judd has on right now, the official sports bar and neighborhood bar of the sports dad, Park Tavern. Oh, absolutely. Look at there. There is, if, if you obviously are watching this, there is the bowling, eat, drink, bowl, party. Park Tavern has it all. They've got two bars. They've got a delicious menu. They've got a ton of beers on tap. And you know what else? Sports Dad approved. They've got every game that you could possibly want on. And if you have a group, let's just say that that there is a holiday party coming up and you're planning it and you're like, well, where should we hold this? Who can hold a lot of people? Guess what? Park Tavern is your place. And I'm not talking like 20 folks. That for them, that's old hat. That's simple. I'm talking about a big group. I'm talking 60 or more. 952-929-6810. Private uh, events reservations and heck if you go to parktavern.net guess what order online so everything available check them out parktavern.net uh park tavern located st louis park louisiana avenue south the official sports bar of sports dad it should be your home for everything fun as well where does the vikings offense rank across some key categories we'll start with this and we'll get into a couple sort of juicy organizational questions but the Vikings now have, have they've tumbled down pretty much all of these the last couple of games. And they're going to start their fourth quarterback against the Bengals. And this team has flipped from being, okay, offense, drive the boat, drive the bus, and defense, just do what you can. To now the defense is top five in almost every key category. And the offense is tumbling down to 13th in yards per play, 21st in points per game, 18th in expected points added, and 20th in DVOA. So sc- scoring offense outside the top 20, scoring defense, I think they're fifth, fourth or fifth right now. So just before we get into uh, this Kirk Cousins question, isn't it kind of incredible how, now injuries obviously like losing Kirk Cousins, but 
the fact that this whole thing is flipped at the beginning of the year, we're like, man, if, if the defense can be ranked like 13th, 21st, 18th, and 20th, that'd be a, actually a big step forward. And the offense maybe emerges into the top five. And it's been the exact opposite. It's a defensive first team now. And the, the thing that absolutely offensively kills them statistically, the last two games, right? Yeah. I mean, these last two games, if they were teetering on the edge of still being incredibly respectful after the Broncos loss, that's been shot to hell. Mm-hmm. So I they're am averaging curious. Five, uh, uh, is it six and a half points per game they're averaging yeah. the mm-hmm. last two games? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you had three points mm-hmm. on Sunday. That Bears game was a complete disaster. And I'm curious to see what Mullins can do. But I also think that your point is very valid in that this is now, like if you are going to make the playoffs, if you're going to perhaps win a playoff game, it's a defensive thing now, which is, yes, which is incredible to say, considering that we just hope the Flores could make the defense respectable, respectable. And when the season started, there was no precedent to think Kirk Cousins would get hurt, much less Jefferson as well. Like you look at what they've lost offensively, too. And I will say it has been it has been a monumental uphill climb. And then you throw in the fact that their running game has really been a disappointment. Like nobody's got yeah. going. They've either gotten hurt or they have not achieved w- what we expected. And um, this year offensively, I think if you're Kevin O'Connell, you're going to be taking a long, hard look at a lot of things after the season's over. Yeah. Over the last three games, they've allowed an average of 238 total yards, the Vikings defense. Wow. And they unfortunately went one and two in that stretch. Yeah. Like that, like that just can't. I mean, it's it's nearly impossible. And I know you're playing, like the Broncos were our good team, but the Bears and Raiders, obviously, eh, not great. But regardless, when you hold three teams over a sample size of 238 total yards, and you are not at the very least 2-1, and one, if not 3-0 and oh in those games, humongous missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah. But they're still sitting here with, what, like a 60-some percent chance to make the playoffs, I'm pretty sure. So they it's, it's all still sitting mm-hmm. in front of them right now. Um, let's get into this. the first offensive key question here on State of the Offense. How much money will it cost to bring Kirk Cousins back in free agency? And PFF came out. So PFF Brad Spielberger, he is one of the, I would say, like he's done a lot of work with teams and front offices. So he's been a consultant. And he is, in terms of media members, he is probably the foremost cap expert now, you could say, like, over the cap, is it Jason from over the cap is in the mix there, too. But, like, this dude, Brad, PFF Brad, he's really good at projecting contracts based on historical trends and whatnot. Sure. He's not going to bat a 1,000. But when he puts out contract projections, it's worth listening to them. Here's what he says about Kirk Cousins. An ill-timed, he's got uh, the top 50 free agents, and Kirk's number two behind only uh, Chris Jones, the defensive monster from the Chiefs. So on Kirk, he says an ill-timed torn Achilles derailed another strong season from Cousins. He looked set to uh, he looked set to have a host of suitors in free agency, just as he did back in 2018. Cousins still has the requisite arm strength to throw at all levels of the field. He's been as accurate as ever in recent seasons. Kind of compares him to like Philip Rivers, free agent going from the Chargers to the Colts, but Rivers was like three years older too. Yeah, the contract pro- is uh, the contract projection is two years, sixty million dollars on Kirk, so thirty million dollars a year, 
and $37.5 million in guarantees is his projection. So you're talking two years, 60, 37.5 million guaranteed means like one year guaranteed with some, maybe some bleed over, right? The average annual value for that would rank 17th among current quarterbacks, and it would be 20 to $25 million less than the top paid quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Are, you guys, are you guys down for this? Bring Kirk back, two years, $60 million. If he's willing to take that amount guaranteed, then I probably am. Unless the Vikings have a plan, and they could, that we don't know about, all right? Mm-hmm. But it, like, let's just say that they don't have a plan. Let's say that they're like, well, if we finish, you know, if, if, we're, if we don't make the playoffs and we lose these last four games, we could probably draft a quarterback because we'll be drafting substantially higher. But if we don't, blah, blah, blah. Here's my here's where I think PFF Brad though misses the boat unless Kirk is willing to make uh, concessions because of the Achilles is that is an incredibly and this is going to sound weird to say it's an incredibly low amount of guarantees for Kirk's precedence. So like you know Kirk has always gone after as much guaranteed as possible and in this contract it would actually be fair. So I am I am on board with this. Um, I do question, though, if if PFF Brad, in looking at what looks like the normal structure for a quarterback, is missing on how the Cousins camp has always done things. But if you give me this, Phil, I'm very much interested in this contract. Okay, but real quick, what leverage does he have? Because if you're going to sign for thirty million dollars a year, you're you have to sign in March because there aren't there aren't going to be teams. That, you know, as the healthier he gets, it's going to be like June, July. In June and July, teams aren't going to have. $30 million in cap space, right? So does he have leverage when he's not anywhere near like cleared to play football to be demanding two years of a fully guaranteed contract? That's my question. Well, yes, it would be. And the Vikings could actually say, no, thank you. See ya. But it, as we talked about during the scoop session with Dukes, and you brought this up when we were talking about the fact that they would have to agree to a contract and sign it uh, before what right now exists, which is the void years kick in. Because the the way to get rid of those void years is for Kirk to sign, right? So to your point, Kirk could say, oh, okay, you know what? I'm not going to sign that. And now you're going to be on the hook for $28 in in what is essentially funny money because he's got his cash this is all accounting now so i do i do think there's probably more give and take than than one would think for a quarterback who's got a bad achilles and is going to turn 36 i think next august Mm -hmm. i think the vikings run run to the bank or run to the cell phone run to whatever it is to basically sign kirk to a deal like this run around yep just run run circles just run, just run, just run circles <laughs> maybe limp, limp around in an air cast maybe something the, like that you know maybe they, maybe you crawl in the ocean or maybe you run into the ocean for this type of uh contract i'm sorry i didn't have to go there um i i i do think the vikings would sign up for this a thousand times i don't think kirk would like i i think i think kirk's camp would ask for more here whether that's uh more more term in the contract uh more even would he ask for more guarantee than 37 and a half? I mean, he's oh, made a lot of he's money. Gonna, he's going to ask for way more than all this, for sure. right? So I, I think... Where the, does it land? I think the Vikings would do this in a heartbeat. I don't think Kirk Cousins necessarily... I don't think this is his first option. I'll say that. I don't think that this would be his first option. See, I think he, I think he wants to come back here. Maybe I'm just being naive here. I think he wants to come back. I think especially with the, the way that the defense... We kind of talked about this, I think, on yesterday's show. 
the way that the defense has gone from being this huge liability to now being this team, I mean, they're literally holding opponents under 20 points per game. Last year, it felt like you had to score 28 or 31 points just to win a game. Certainly, the playoff game you lost, you didn't score enough points. The, the defense was the main reason for blame there. But like from an offensive perspective, I don't have to do as much because I got, no, Flores leaves, and that's going to happen before free agency. Then some of this discussion might be different. But if I'm Kirk, I want to come back. I think he wants to come back. If I'm the Vikings, I need a bridge quarterback. If I'm if I'm going to draft a quarterback in the first round, I'm not drafting Caleb Williams number one. I'm probably drafting later, like mid-late first round or maybe even second round. And I'd love to be able to sit that guy for a huge chunk of the season, if not the whole year. So if I'm the Vikings, I a thousand percent am interested in two years, 60 million with the ability to get out from underneath this thing after the first year. And if you're Kirk, I don't know. Maybe you guys are. I, I don't know that there's going to be a huge market to give a guy 36 years old coming off an Achilles two fully guaranteed years before he's anywhere near medically cleared to test the thing out. But what if it's like just two teams, one team? Like yeah, that's, I don't, that, I don't think anyone's going to give him two full, fully guaranteed years in in March. It's quarterbacks, though. Like, I, I would agree at most positions completely with you, but quarterbacks make people do, as we saw here in 2018, weird things. But look at this from a different angle, too, if you're Kirk, all right? And again, call me crazy for saying this. This dude has made a quarter of a billion dollars playing football. And uh, yeah, he's, and I'm sure Coles is paying him well. Uh, the Pizza Ranch gave him a couple bucks. Like, he's got yeah, some endorsements out there. He wouldn't do that again, I'm sure. Was that a local endorsement what or a that guy? Endorsement? What was his buddy? Kevin. 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 What happened to Kevin? Yeah. Me and my buddy I, Kevin I just know. plowing pizza. Ran- that's why. Pe- that's why the Vikings didn't make the playoffs that first year. Kirk's out eating Pizza Ranch yeah. every night. I think Pizza Ranch was an Upper Midwest deal because I think okay. it's I think it's prevalent outside the metropolitan area. Okay. But I think it was like Iowa and and outstate. So that's but the he, Pizza Ranch story. He's made a ton of money. Through Pizza Ranch and playing we've, football. We've talked about this point. before. I, I agree with what you're saying. I just, I need to see this precedent changed before I can confidently say that what you're saying would actually be a curve. Yeah. Okay, I'm cool with that. With Daniil Hunter, and again, he's made a lot of money too, but with a guy like Hunter or think of like lesser players that, that if you're a running back or something, hey, you might only have one shot to go get as much money as possible to set your family up, to set your kids up. I, I get it. All of that is set up for Kirk. So personally, if the Vikings make and other teams make an offer of two years, $60 million, the first year is fully guaranteed. This we, You're going to be 37 in that second year. We kind of we got to a year to year a little bit here, Kirk. So, so play with us. What's the difference if you're Kirk Cousins and his family between 30 million and 40 million at this point? Play where you want to play. Help your team. And if he signs a contract for two years, 60 million, and the Vikings can get out after the first year. It gives the Vikings so much flexibility. They could pretty easily bring Daniil Hunter back at that point. You know, yeah. they could they could sign Justin Jefferson with that big number kicking in probably after Kirk is gone. You know, they, they wouldn't have to worry about some of this stuff. It feels like a perfect fit for both sides. You still get paid a boatload of money, but you're the 17th highest paid quarterback. We get an mm-hmm. extra chunk of cash to make this team better because at this point, the only thing that matters is winning a championship, Right. Vikings have never done it. Kirk's never done it. Like, are we all on the same page here? Keep that this sales is, this pitch would be going. My, this would keep, be my plea. Keep that sales pitch going. Where am I wrong? Where am I wrong here? Kirk? Well, 
<laughs> Previously, Kirk has never said, you know what? These all sound like great points. Yeah, give me the contract that, that has, you know, he is, he, at the end of the day, he's going to exit this game having been one of the greatest negotiators of all time. And I think the question is, will he at this age now settle? This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom. And it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. I think he's already like he is in the negotiation hall of fame already. Yes. There, there's there's no there's no possible contract to be Start negotiated. Fighting yourself would... here because I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I just okay. need to see him do it before he. But before I say, oh, you know what? Yes, he prioritized staying here, and that's such a weird position that I could see a team doing something. Not the Vikings, perhaps incredibly mm-hmm. stupid. Who are the? Let's look up who has the cap space right now, and this could change. NFL cap space, uh, 2024. Who's got cap space and a little bit of desperation for a 36-year-old quarterback? Mm. Quarterback away. here. So, ooh, interesting. Okay, here are the teams that have the most projected cap space for 2024. The Vikings are 14th, by the way. They have, right now they have like 38 million projected. There's, way, there's clearly ways you could right. cut your way or whatever. Right. Uh, Tampa Bay has 123 million right now. Hmm. Okay, Ooh. intriguing. Yeah, that's intriguing for sure. I think his dad's. I think his dad's church is in Florida, right? I think yeah. his parents are in Florida. He's also a private jet guy at this point in his life. So PJ. I feel like loca- lo- location PJ. is. A, Thank you, Declan. Love me a PJ, PJ guy. We don't say private jet anymore PJ. on the show. We say if PJ. you watch Succession, PJ. you say the PJs. Come on, yeah. everyone knows yeah. this. PJ, that's what stars say that too. Yeah, uh, the Commanders. I don't think he'd go back there I don't think at this go, point, right? I think you're right. The the Titans, eighty five million dollars in cap space. They're, they got Will Levis. They got Will Levis. Well, yeah. yeah. Keep going. The Patriots, probably without Bill Belichick, right? Seventy five yeah. million dollars in cap space. But they yeah. might organizationally and I mean Bill Belichick is the organization, so they're probably just sick of the Bailey Zappies and the Mac Joneses. They spent 20 years. Actually, yeah. they've spent like 30 years with professional quarterbacks. Bledsoe into Brady. Kirk Cousins could could fit in there, but they don't have any weapon. It'd be a bad spot for him because there's no there's no Justin Jefferson to and and you got to play November and December in the Northeast. Outside, Florida intrigues yep. me. Florida intrigues me mm-hmm. right now. Tampa Bay. I, I like Tampa Bay. The Colts have the next most, but they have Anthony Richardson coming yeah, back. Yeah. They're committed to him. They're out on him. The Houston Texans. Him. God, the Texans have C.J. Stroud and the sixth most calf space. <laughs> and they might make the play. The Texans are kind of set up for And the Case Keenum year. as their backup. Yeah. Casey. Case. Uh, the Bengals, Burrow, the Bears have the next biggest chunk, and they'll either draft their next quarterback or keep Justin Fields. Yeah. The Lions. I've been giving this some thought. Jared Goff has been playing. He's a lion. Crappy. Kirk's a Lions fan. Again. Kirk's a lion. Kirk loves his Lions. Oh my God. Would him and Dan Campbell, could you put those guys in a room together? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I think you definitely could. Okay. Yeah. They I think seem, Dan like Campbell. Different wavelengths. Well, he's a meathead, but I think he's a pretty accepting. Like, I, I think he's he would like Kirk's quirks. Don't you? 
I think you would like Kirk. And like, I don't know. And plus, you know what, too? Uh, the last two years, we've learned so much more about Kirk. Like, he is a quirky dude, but he sort of embraced it. And yeah. so uh, it's and look like that. That part of Kirk, to me, seems like fun now. You've also now they're going to lose their almost certainly going to lose their brilliant offensive coordinator. But if they can if they can keep they've got great weapons, they've got yeah. a line. They, I mean, they're the problem there is their defense is a train wreck. So you got to score 27 or 30 points. But yeah, the Lions are interesting because they if they decide that Jared Goff isn't the guy anymore. They're not going to draft a quarterback and okay, now we've we got a team that's ready to win now. And I mean, they could draft someone for the future, but they're going to want someone to plug and play and win. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, no, they got no. Kyler or they'll draft somebody. No. The Raiders? No. That man is not the, suited for Vegas life. I would agree with that. Yeah, I think Julie would have no interest in going to Las Vegas. The Rams, Matthew Stafford, he's actually been playing better lately. There's, Where's he at contractually? Kind of, there's an intrigue I there. They're kind of, I think they're kind of, I don't know. They're kind of, they're kind is, of is Stafford just about done there or no? I mean, he's been playing better like the last month. He's had major right. injury issues, but yeah. Uh, and I'll give you a couple more. Uh, Panthers, no. Vikings are next. Giants, no, because the Giants would just draft someone right in the top ten. Well, and they're paying and they're paying Jones, and they got Tommy DeVito. Yeah, let me tell you something. Falcons are sixteenth in cap space and might not be bad enough to draft. This one is of the one top you've been quarterbacks. Now, now this is one you've been talking about for quite some time. What is wife Julie's from there? That's not her, a bad, you know, her and her it's not family. a bad they place got, to live. They got married in Atlanta yeah, somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Here's so here's my question. I saw a report and and it was on X or Twitter, so I'm not sure if it's completely legit or not that their expectation is Arthur Smith will be back. I personally I think he's a bozo. So I don't think I'd want to play for him. Bozo's but, a great word. But you've bozo's also painted but bozo. Phil has painted a picture of Kirk in the ATL that does make a lot of sense. The rest of these teams real quick here, because this is, this is a fun exercise and and who knows this might change depending on who gets cut and whatnot. But once you start getting past like the Falcons, the Falcons have 36 million in cap space chiefs. No Eagles. No Jaguars. No jets have Rogers Ravens like Packers. Now you're getting into teams that are over the cap have to clear room. Yeah. Not so we just went through all these teams to me. There's five, there's five teams that are going to be in the mix for Kirk Cousins, if they want to be. Vikings, Falcons, maybe the Lions. That would be, obviously, a lot of things would have to happen there. Like, Goff would have to sabotage a playoff game. Lions is like an asterisk, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, if Goff got sacked six times and threw three interceptions and there's a Mm -hmm. strip sack or something like, and they they leave the season, it's his fault. Mm -hmm. Patriots, but I agree with Judd's assessment of the cold weather in Boston and the criticism yeah. and all that crap. Boston like. wouldn't be a great Kirk town, I don't think. And then the Buccaneers. So let's, let's take the Patriots off. Falcons, maybe the Lions, the Buccaneers, and the Vikings. Those are your teams. That's the Kirk market. Mm-hmm. Atlanta and Tampa Bay really intrigue me. Well, Tampa especially. Tampa, Bay, Tampa yeah, I think, especially. And, Mike and they, Evans. Mm-hmm. And they have not been bad enough, I don't think, to, to have a great QB draft pick unless they trade up, right? No, they're going to win the division. Yeah. I mean, they're I, at like, at I thought like they're eight wins, awful. but yeah. Uh, I thought, and, I, and I say Mike Evans, but Mike I mean, Evans is a free agent, so they got, they'd have to figure that out. Get but. this to you guys. 
So if the Detroit Lions, so Goff has uh, $21.975 million in base salary left on the last year of his contract, 2024, okay? If they decide to move on from Goff, they will absorb dead money on their cap of $5 million. Not that bad. Their cap savings, 26 Point nine seven five million dollars. Oh boy! Reckless speculation. That's a lot. I mean, that's five mil of dead cap and twenty six plus of savings. Super interesting. Yep, and that would be again. It's Michigan. It's where he played. You know, it's where he grew up. High school, high school. college, everything. Um, it's it's interesting. So, so keep your eye on the Vikings, obviously. Falcons, the Lions, the Bucks, maybe the Patriots in terms of teams of cap space aren't going to draft high enough or want to win now. Um, let's do this here. Let's do the Kurt Warner thing here too. Second category. We'll get to a random Viking. So we all watched. It was like a 20 minute. Kurt Warner was fighting with Vikings fans on Twitter <laughs> last night. Seriously was. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He was. He had Vikings fans. He he came out and said, "Hey, I just looked at the tape, and I don't think Josh Dobbs played bad enough to be benched." And Vikings fans are like, "Did you watch the game?" He's like, "No, I literally just said I watched the All Twenty Two film. I'm a Hall of Fame. I'm in the Hall of Fame. That's what yep. I. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we all watched. It's like a twenty minute breakdown. You can go to Kurt Warner's YouTube channel. It is really insightful. I'm going to sum it up and say so. Kurt Kurt Warner thinks Josh Dobbs did a really good job on Sunday that he was not at fault for the offense's ineptitude, that it was not a performance that warranted a quarterback change. His summary was basically the protection was mostly bad. Dobbs made the right throws on most plays, and wide receivers either weren't getting open or were dropping passes, or even more damning, the overall scheme by Kevin O'Connell just has too many routes clogging up the same areas that there's not. Yes. It's not like watching a Shanahan scheme or something. It was just very, like very predictable or very easy for defenders to take up. I'm going to take up space here and basically cut off throws to two different places. Or I'm going to play, you know, outside leverage here and take this route out of play. So when you guys saw basically Kurt Warner with pretty like a pretty compelling case when you watch this 20 minute video, mm-hmm. is Dobbs getting the raw end of the deal here? No, he's not. Um, I I would have made a change too. That being said, you know, if this had been a slappy like fan or like I don't know a QB that you didn't respect, okay. But I mean, I respected this. I learned from it. Like mm-hmm. this is a Hall of Fame freaking. Now now he was a little bit too mad for my taste. Like it's like okay, dude, you're you know what? Be comfortable. You are Kurt Warner. But he was incredulous. All- like he's like he's like okay. Uh, what do you where, where should he throw? This guy's covered. Yeah, that guy's you're covered. telling me what I don't do, know what, what I'm looking at. Yeah, you're telling me yeah I'm worked <laughs> up. You're telling me I don't know what I'm looking at. Look, okay, but I learned a lot, um, and I thought it was incredibly in- interesting. So, I, I think Dobbs still deserves to be benched. I would have benched him, but here's what, and I, I think our text thread just alluded to this. Here's what I found to be super intriguing: a guy who obviously knows exactly what he's watching was at oftentimes calling Kevin O'Connell's concepts into question. Mm-hmm. Okay. The three of us are not in a position, I don't think, to watch film and be like, well, that seems like a bad route. Like, what's O'Connell drawing up, right? 
But when Kurt Warner is doing that, I'm not going to e- ignore it. So I can, I think it's safe to say that it's fair to say, you know what? A quarterback change is probably not a terrible idea here. But Kevin O'Connell, who we, th- who I thought, I guess mistakenly, I thought was really going to help Josh Dobbs. Like the Bears game was a mess. They had a bye week. O'Connell sort of fell on the sword. So we all talked about, okay, they're going to come back and have a Josh Dobbs friendly game plan here. Kurt Warner, without saying that exactly, basically told us, oh, no, they really didn't. He didn't give him options. Mm. And and for and the big thing that he continued to say was, for those of you who don't think that Dobbs can operate from the pocket, he can. What we, What was he supposed to do? So I'll side with O'Connell and say I don't blame him for the change. But I will also say Kurt Warner raised questions that, for lack of a better explanation, I think are sort of concerning about the coach and what he's doing. There was definitely, uh, Phil, some uh, some CM Punk, like, tell me when I'm telling lies vibes, like with, with Kurt was. Warner in the, in, in the breakdown of it. But a little more passive aggressive. It was yes. like, I mean, yeah, I mean uh, you know, yeah. you tell me. You what tell me you I don't know what do? I'm looking at. Yeah. Maybe maybe I don't know what I'm looking at. Yeah. I don't know. I just, you know, I just played a couple of years in the NFL. But well, what do I know? <laughs> but on the KOC okay. front, right. Right. this is now the second time. So Kurt Warner also did that excellent breakdown of the Giants playing the wild card weekend. And he at the end he defended the check down to Hawkinson because the play design was terrible. Like that was, I believe, the whole thesis of Kurt Warner's breakdown of the of the Giants play was it wasn't just because the check down was the only right play. It was this play, like what you're 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 scheming Thielen to run a post who can't get open anymore. Jefferson's double covered. Maybe you could have thrown a 50-50 to KJ, but the play design as a whole was trash. That was the first big problem with the checkdown. So yeah. I think watching then the Dobbs thing of of basically him making mostly correct throws, drops obviously killed him. Like KJ Osborne was brutal in that game for him. Um but what I go back to is the fact of the KOC factor. And now there's kind of some damning evidence from Kurt Warner, who I don't think is like shouting from the mountaintop saying Kevin O'Connell's a bad coach. But I think we now have multiple evidence, and I'll call it just two, of Kurt Warner basically calling out Kevin O'Connell for not having yeah. the right play designs. It is interesting. And I think I think there's a, there's a few takeaways here, and you guys have like touched on some of these themes, but maybe Dobbs deserves less blame for the way the last couple of games have gone. Like that's definitely a takeaway from kind of watching Kurt Warner's film breakdown, but the offense hasn't done anything in like three weeks. There was a bye week in there, but it's been, it's been like a month since the offense has done anything meaningful. So changing the quarterback to spark something, you know, maybe there's an extra couple throws in there that Mullins can make that, that Dobbs isn't seeing or something, or isn't like pulling the trigger on quick enough. Um, so that's, I, I get it. I get the quarterback change. I don't think it all has to be on Josh Dobbs watching that film breakdown. Vikings wide receivers are not getting open and they're either being like poorly schemed. They're just being put in. There's a couple plays where he shows they're just being put in situations where like two guys are running a similar route in a similar space. And it's too easy to cover if you're the opposing team. We're also Jefferson's been out and he barely played in that game. Addison is good, but he's not an elite wide receiver yet. We like Brandon Powell, but there's a reason why Brandon Powell's kind of bounced around as a special teams guy. And TJ Hawkinson is a good tight end, but he's not like a he's not like a Travis Kelsey in his prime, you know, you could just you know, Rob Gronkowski type guy. So some of this is maybe we are overvaluing and overrating the Vikings weapons that aren't named Justin Jefferson. And maybe most importantly, 
especially comparing the Vikings and what they're trying to do offensively to what the Niners are doing and what, I mean, hell, the Ravens with a supremely mobile quarterback. Go back and watch the Ravens-Rams game. Half of that game was just like Lamar Jackson joysticking around Aaron Donald and running or keeping a play alive with his legs and throwing down the field. Um, the Vikings, it feels like the Vikings, like if they've got Josh Dobbs the last month and a half, aren't there better ways to design his mobility? Hey, let's get you running out over here on the right side. Even if it means cutting the field in half, like he's standing in the pocket for three hours more often than not. Why? Like let, get, let him get out on the edge. Let, let there be some improvisational. Hey, the initial route concept blew up. Let's get out here. Okay. And let's, let's, Let's improvise something. I mean, that's half the Ravens' offense, for God's sake. So I, I think the concern with Dobbs is because he's good. Like, like, he can definitely run. I think there's probably concern about how, how much he is, can do what Jackson can do, who's incredible at that. But there's other stuff, too, that I found to be really, really intriguing from what Warner broke down, and it's football football stuff. But the first thing, and Warner didn't – so I don't think he broke down the Bears game, okay? But one thing I saw was a, a definite difference of opinion from like what we talked about on trenches with Boone and what Warner demonstrated. And I think it comes down to the, the fact that after the, what, four picks against the Bears, Dobbs was either told or had was gun shy. So he's not making throws. And Warner like sort of absolved him a little bit too much because, I mean, it's the National Football League. You're going to be covered really well. Like yeah. that's the... That's why you put the ball where the guy's going to be and not where the guy currently is. Um, one of the first plays Warner broke down and sort of said, well, what's Dobbs supposed to, to do was the one that we broke down with Boone and Phil. We, we all talked about this a ton, which was the play where Dobbs took off and ran for 15 yards. There was a and, play over the top on that. Yes. And as Boone said on that, you know, Jordan Addison is over the top like twice. Like there's two flashes. And yeah. and that's the thing about this league. There's flashes. There's no, you know, how often is a guy just open? They're not. And Warner's whole thing was, well, you can't throw that, that ball. He's not in his words open, but it's like, okay, you are a Hall of Fame QB and you know 10 times more about football than we do, but. Also, that being said, are you so you're telling me that he can't make anticipatory throws, which, by the way, the problem against the Bears was he did that and they got picked. The other thing that I thought was so intriguing and I would never think of of this, though, was the times that Warner broke down the reads. And I think it was about halfway through the breakdown and a little bit more. There were like two or three times he broke down the reads, which a lot of times came down to the fifth read. Mm-hmm. And Warner's point was quarterbacks ordinarily don't get there. Like it's read one, two, three mm-hmm. ball comes out. And he also talked about the amount of time. And this goes back to the offensive line. And I'm sure guys being hurt had that the offensive line had to get chip help. And Warner's point was, okay, that chip helps great, but it also eliminates a receiver who should essentially be a check down. And it elim- and what it does is there's two plays in particular where there's a Bears defender, a-, a linebacker, I think, usually, who is supposed to be covering the running back. And when the- when that guy sees, yes. oh, the running back is going in for a chip, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop back and take away one of these other routes. So you're you're essentially taking away one of your own routes and you're putting a Bears defender into a position to sort of double team one of your remaining routes. 
But at the same time, it's like you literally don't have any healthy offensive linemen left. You're well, playing. You're like your straight up backups are out there. Right. You gotta you, you gotta help to them out. Yeah, you gotta help. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rip like, the Vikings for helping with a backup tackle or something on the way out the door if you're a running back. Like, but that's a great breakdown too. Like like that yeah. presents the that presents the problem. And when when you have to get. His point too was the fifth read might be open, but you ordinarily don't get there. Mm-hmm. Like there's well, not time to be like one, two, three, four. Hey, there's five. Another thing that really factors in here too is the Vikings don't have a running game that other teams have to really truly respect. Yes, I, br- I brought up the Niners a, a few minutes ago. When you watch yep. the 49ers offense, the the opposing defenses, the linebackers, the safeties, and the and the Niners are running like jet sweep actions and fake handoffs and play actions on almost every offensive play. And so the first thought and the first step for like half the defense is we got to respect this because if we don't, that's one of the best offensive lines, one of the best running backs. So we, we, we can't get gashed for eight yards here. I don't know that opposing defenses are as critically worried about getting gashed by Ty Chandler and the Vikings backup offensive line. So they're not biting as much. And the Vikings don't seem like they're running a lot. They're not running a ton of like, Fake run actions and play actions. That's and what I was. Some of these, you know. That's my question. How much does this come back to the concepts? Yeah. Yeah, it's. Some, but again, it's like okay. Well, my best receiver is out. Right. Is out. Um, right tackle is out. We're down to our third or fourth quarterback. It's like, it, it's a, it's a hodge. It's not one thing. It's a hodgepodge right. of all these different things. But where Declan's right is, you just can't be dropping balls, and I believe that they now lead the league in drop passes. Yeah, it's bad. It is not. And you KJ can't Osborne's been a, a culprit. So, so there's your state of the offense. A little speculation about Kirk Cousins and the the contract figures, and then Kurt Warner with just a great 20 minute breakdown of it was his defense of of Josh Dobbs. Uh, random Viking of the week coming up. I also have a mock draft for you guys before the show is over. But let's shout out our friends at Sound Story here for a moment. So. This could be a great holiday gift for you, especially if you're a last-minute shopper and you're like, ah, there's only a week and a half left until Christmas. What do I get my loved ones? So Sound Story is, think of it like a podcast in which the guest is one of the most important people in your life, your mom, your dad. So last night, it was uh, yesterday was my, my grandfather's birthday, who I never met that I've talked about, the one who played football at Notre Dame, December 13th, uh, 1908. He would have been a hundred. Uh, My grandma was born that, that year, nineteen oh eight. Yeah, so our grandparents would have been a hundred fifteen years old here in two thousand twenty three. Yeah, would have been nice. I don't even know what his voice sounds like. Would have been nice for someone to sit down, capture his memories, his accomplishments, his stories, and then have that to pass down to different generations. That's what Sound Story does. Starting at three ninety nine, mysoundstory.com. dot uh, off gift certificates at mysoundstory.com with the promo code Purple. You can select any number of professional interviewers. I am on that list for Minneapolis. I would love to sit down with your loved one. MySoundStory.com, promo code PURPLE for 10% off. Dex, let's talk about underdog fantasy here, too, as well, making it more fun to watch football this time of year. Got a great slip, my buddy Dan. My buddy Dan sent me this one. He loves Purple Daily. He loves underdog fantasy. He's always sending me his screenshots of, you think this one will hit? You think this one will hit? Well, finally, Danny boy, five picks. 1,000 big ones after an epic Monday night football showdown between the Titans and Dolphins. You can be like Dan. You can send us your slips. 
at Underdog Fantasy, promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R. And in fact, there's kind of a new thing at Underdog Fantasy. I was just seeing this last night. They had this for the NBA, at least. It's packs. So think of it as like a kind of a pre-made little bit of, uh, of, of, of different slips you can make. So you can take higher on Jokic, Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum. It'll just make, you know, sometimes you don't know who you want to pick. Underdog Fantasy can help make those picks for you. So go to Underdog Fantasy, promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R. They'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Go download the Underdog Fantasy app. Hey, cheers to Dan. Let's cheers though, before I, I die. For our guy, oh. Dan. My boy, Brinky. Funny you should mention that because right here I have, a, shockingly, a can of Before I Die from our friends at Surly Brewing. This speaks to the entire mission of this show. If you watch this show, you know that we all want just one Super Bowl championship before we die. And that's why Surly has made this delicious beer. It is great for sipping on during a Vikings game or any other time, along with several other of Surly's great beers, including my personal favorite, Furious. You got Logic Bomb. I could go on and on. But you know what? Better that you go uh, to to your local bar or your local liquor store and check out the many great offerings from our friends at Surly Brewing have appreciated their longtime support of Score North and Purple Daily. Amen. Okay, it's time for the random Viking of the week here. Last week, Declan with his second straight victory, guessing Brett Favre. I totally screwed this up. So all-time, Judd leads 62-31 for Declan. I have 17 victories. In the new era where we all compete against each other, Judd and I each have 10 victories. We're tied for the lead. Declan with five, but on a winning streak. Uh, The last handful of random Vikings, Brett Favre, Willie Offord, Michael Jenkins, Amir Smith-Marset, Dwight Smith, and Robert Ferguson. Man, we've done uh, over 100 of these now, like 120. Almost. 110 yeah, all-time I, Vikings here. And yet I have found one who we have not done yet. So put so, on put on your thinking caps, boys. Put on your thinking caps. So Judd's going to put out some clues. We get up to three strikes each. If one of us hits three strikes, which is what happened with Willie Offord a couple weeks ago, then the other person gets the win automatically. So here we go. All right, boys. This random Viking is from Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia. This random Viking attended high school in Texas at Tom Moore High School, not the OC. I was going to say, named after the the, the great OCs in NFL It's not the OC. There must have been somebody else in Texas named Tom Moore. Peyton Manning's OC. Tom Moore, yes. Uh, Briefly, or at one point, um, uh, not only a member of the Vikings coaching staff, but also the the Minnesota Golden Gophers way back when. Mm. He was on the Gophers coaching staff. All right. He left clue number, his resume. Clue number three. Yeah, he didn't need that at the end of the day, did he? Clue number three. This random Viking was a multi-sport athlete in high school, earning four varsity letters in both football and basketball. Hmm. Not surprisingly, his high school football career included stints at several different positions including quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, defensive end, and he even punted. I always love that. Interesting. So he's pretty athletic. Yes, he was. What you're saying. Yes, he was. This random Viking not only was um, was 
a star in football and basketball in high school, but he also played tennis. Athletic, in pretty damn good shape, wouldn't you say? Played tennis. Hmm. This random Viking received several scholarship offers, but turned them down to play Division I football in the Big 12. So he had several schools pursuing him for his football abilities, but he said, I want to go play in the Big 12. Okay, I'm going to do a control F here, okay. which is legal. I just want to yes, see, because we're kind of, it's like, have we done... Yeah. We haven't done that person. I'm going to add them to the future list. Okay. Unless fun when that happens. Unless that's who it is, in which case. I know. Be... We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll see. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. So this random Viking redshirted his first year. So as a redshirt freshman, he played tight end and was used on the kickoff return team in college. Hmm. <laughs> Big 12. Oh, nope, he didn't go to a Big 12 school. Almost had a guess. This, this random Vikings father also played college football at the same school, which was, by the way, Texas, and went on to become a member of the United States House of Representatives. Okay, hold on. One more control F. I think I That's have it. You can do that all you want. You is it controller. Brian Robison? No. Are you sure? <laughs> let Let me check. <laughs> hey Stella, who'd you have for the random Viking? Oh, yeah. Was it Rob? No, okay, can no. Can you it's check? Not. I just checked with the boss. That's awesome. <laughs> I thought that was a good guess there too. All right, Declan. Looks, looks like a can I keep going. Player. Yeah, keep going. Please, because okay. I have zero idea of any of these clues. So, In addition to playing football at Texas, mm-hmm. this random Viking also had success in the classroom. He was academic all Big 12 first team in 2001 and eventually graduated with a degree in finance in 2004. Now, the graduation doesn't necessarily mean... He could have gotten the degree while still playing, while while in the NFL too. I will tell you. I will tell you. He was 2004 was his last year. He it looks okay. like he did. Okay. Well, he Talking he was a redshirt freshman, but anyway, he was he joined the Vikings after that. What right after think that. of the <clears throat> right after that. Hmm. I'm trying to think of the Texas the Texas guys who played on this team. We already did Cedric Griffin. Yep. Brian Robison. Yep. This random Viking was listed, and he, he still is for his playing career, although it's done now, at six foot five, two hundred forty seven pounds. Okay. Is okay. I'm I'm sorry, I'm control effing like a maniac because is it Dontarius Thomas? No. Damn it. Said, okay, back into this. This is well, good. This is good. Back and, in. And the, clue, and the clue is this is a player 
Declan will know. So, like, I think Dontarius Thomas is pre-Declan. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Far, um, yeah. This is a player Declan will know. Yep. Should I keep going? Yep, keep going. I got plenty more clues here. Dontarius Thomas was a pretty, pretty big deal. Dontarius Thomas, I actually did a feature on him during training camp of his rookie year, and I got done, and he called me sir. And That's I was like, very nice. It was very nice. I was very impressed. Very nice. Very nice young man. Um, all right. This random Viking was signed as an undrafted free agent. Oh, gosh. Uh, you want to guess? or you? No, he would have been drafted. He would have arrived in the NFL before. He would go on to play... 171 games in 11 seasons in the National Football League. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. All of them with the Vikings. He spent his entire career in Minnesota. Colin Leffler. You got it! Let's go! One time! Yeah! Bang! Long snapper! That was good! Never would have gotten that. I had a lot of clues. Really? No. Oh, see, I did one on purpose, though. I thought that you had had a Colin good chance at Leffler. Colin Leffler. Colin Leffler. Co- Colin. Yeah. You don't know. You don't remember Colin Leffler? I do. He was long Viking, literally the Vikings' long snapper for a decade. Eleven years, <laughs> like till two thousand. Like Chris Cluey, Ryan Longwell. Man, he was like great career. He was yeah. the. Wow. Yeah. I love Declan's yeah, discovering well, the long snapper. Well, <laughs> he got released in training camp two thousand fifteen. Yeah, I thought he for was, sure he was hilarious because during training camp, when all the reporters are sitting there like trying to pluck guys coming off the field, right? And he would always walk by after practice. Sorry, guys, hey guys no time, no time I, for interviews. I'm busy Sorry, today. No time. Yep. <laughs> he he's the guy that uh, that Sid dubbed George Bush Jr. Yeah, yeah. Hey, George Bush Jr. Because yep. his dad was know. Republican. Yep. <laughs> I think he might have. Did did he did he briefly date one of the Bush daughters? Colin Leffler? Yeah, there was some story about, yeah. Yeah, good guy. Nice guy. Oh, man. Sorry, Dex, I thought you'd have a good shot. No, I I don't. Long snappers um, go over my head a little bit, I guess. I I, I would never have gotten It's weird, though, because, like, you got some, like. Yep. Pun intended. Thanks a lot, Mike Morris. (laughs) Oh, man. Hey, I do have a. uh... Who has not been used, by the way. He has, not, he has not. He has not been used. No, there's a lot, dude. There's a lot of good random Vikings on the board. There really are. Mm-hmm. Hey, before we dive into a fascinating mock here to end this show, Judd, tell the audience how they can lose weight this time of year. Oh, that's going to be uh, through our friends at Livia Weight Control Centers, who are help you go uh, going to help you drop weight like they helped me a couple of years ago. Down 40 pounds. Guess what? Because this program works, it's going to help you maintain the weight loss. And here's the other great thing. This program, you can join it right now. In fact, I'll tell you about a deal in one second. And you can uh, lose, like, let's say, 8 to 10 pounds by January 1st. So on New Year's Day, when everyone's saying, I got to get in shape, I'm going to become a new me, you'll already have a head start. And here is the deal. Join today and you're going to get your first eight weeks for free. That's right. First eight weeks for free. It is this simple. Call 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. Voted the best weight loss program in the state three years in a row. And here is the good news. Inside or outside the state, 
you can join because the whole program can be done virtually. So if you live in Tennessee, if you live in New York, California, it doesn't matter. Livia can help you get your life on the right track. Livia.com. Finch Home Solutions can help you get your home on the right track, Judd. And I'll even hit you with the early so you don't ask me about it. Thank you very much. Both of you did that perfectly. And you know why? Because that sound is the sound of help is on the way. Cody Finch and his team at Finch Home Solutions, they love a couple of things. Cody loves the Vikings. And you know what else? He also loves making sure that the electrical issues in your home are solved. Fast, efficient, courteous. Big projects, small projects, let's say you're going to put in a hot tub because you know what? It's that time of year, right? It's hot tub time. Well, there's a lot of electrical issues that need to be taken care of. Cody Finch and his team are going to do that. I urge you to call them or or check out their website. Call them at 612-357-2604, 612-357-2604, or go to their redesigned, easy to navigate. You can set up an appointment website finchhomesolutions.com, finchhomesolutions.com, and make sure that you tell them Purple Daily told you to give them a call or contact them. I want a mop! Mm. I bring to you, to wrap this episode, a mock draft from walterfootball.com, gentlemen. The oh, Wally's back. The OG of the football internet. And the author of this mock draft is Walt. Pretty sure that's like Walt, Walter Football Walt. Oh, my God. With a two-round mock, too. Two rounds of mockage here. Oh, my. And season's not even done yet. No, this is, I mean, this is one of many mock drafts from WalterFootball.com that we will get to. Wally. OG of internet mocking here. So we'll just go through, and and I'll even hit you with the Vikings second-round pick because it's very interesting. Okay. Caleb Williams to the Bears, number one. Drake May to the Patriots, number two. Marvin Harrison Jr. to oh, uh, to the Cardinals via Ohio State, number three. Okay. Let's see here. Jaden Daniels to the Raiders, eight. So that's the third quarterback off the board. J.J. McCarthy is the fourth quarterback off the board, 11th to the Falcons. Mm, scrolling. Okay. Scrolling. Okay. So four quarterbacks off the board. So, still, so Penix is still out there. Um, Knicks is still out there. We get down to the Vikings at 22, where, according to WalterFootball.com, the Minnesota Vikings select cornerback out of the University of Alabama, Tarion Arnold, with their pick. I want a mock! Right. Flores has done a great job improving Minnesota's defense, but the secondary still needs a lot of work. Tarion Arnold is a quick, athletic cornerback with above or with average height. Okay. Not the deepest explanation there. But. I think I'm beginning to take a little bit of exception to the secondary still needs lots of work, which, by the way, going into the season, I agreed with completely. Yeah. Um, your safeties, with Lewis C not playing, are pretty damn good. Yeah, they – I wouldn't, like, reject a blue-chip cornerback from this oh, team no, by any no. means. But, yeah, they're But I'm like just saying this notion that it. the secondary is all screwed up. Um, yeah. Yes, I would I would add depth, and if I can add a really quality player, I would take it in a heartbeat. But I'm just saying, I think we're I think we're selling short what's been done as well, just a little bit as, as far as like when you say the secondary, that includes your safeties. So, yeah, that's my only point. So let's get into the second round here, real quick. Oh, where the Minnesota Vikings and we're back are back on the clock with the 53rd overall pick, and they select out of the University of Oregon, Quack. Quack, quack. Quarterback, 
Bo Nix. I want a mock. Oh, wow. It's unclear what will happen Tyler to Kirk Fornis, Cousins. I hear him screaming. It's unclear what will happen to Kirk Cousins, but here's a quarterback for the future. Bo Nix has a solid arm and scrambling ability. Bo Nix. Now, if you could, if we're talking second round, if I can get like an edge rusher or what, you know whatever it, the blue chip player is in the first round, and now I'm getting Bo Nix in the second round, Tyler Fornis might fight me on that, but that seems like less of a stretch and more value than doing it the other way around. Based based on yeah. where, where Bo Nix is kind of falling in the quarterback pecking order. Absolutely. I, I would agree completely. The other question that we are going to eventually need answered, and it's just going to be through a progression of time, is this. Where is and what's the internal feeling about Jaron Hall, right? Because well, like Jaron Hall doesn't want to see, you're the one that doesn't want to see him. I mean, I, yeah, I don't think wanna, I don't know. You're, you're, I'm you're telling you, David, don't want to start him yet. But you're that, the, that means he you're the Mullins okay. of around the show. Mm-hmm. So that means that they're Tell you us. know what Nick Mullins seems like a very nice guy. He's four-year-old son is going to fly with his wife to watch the game on Saturday in Cincinnati. I bet you love that. The kid is thrilled. It, it's fine. No, it's very nice. It's a great. It's a heartwarming Christmas lifetime movie type of story. There I'm just is. saying. Insincere Judd is. is back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's entirely true. I'm just saying that the Jared Hall question, like like as far as your, like, let's say, third-round type of QBs, Jared, you know, if they like Hall, that's going to provide an interesting piece to the mix. Yeah, it, we makes don't know you, it makes you less less desperate if you've got yes exactly so exactly so there it goes all right we got a little hour-long episode there almost for you here purple daily state of the offense uh we will catch you guys for a feedback friday tomorrow declan is out happy birthday to declan in Thank advance you. birthday boy tomorrow, oh, you're out so. tomorrow? i'm out tomorrow did you not know hold this? on a second i'm gonna i'm gonna see if i approve this i can't find anything in my notes G- G- genuine quest did you forget that i was off tomorrow like actually, I heard you say something about days off. I actually didn't forget. I ne- didn't really pay attention till now. It never even like yeah. broke. It never. Yeah, I was gonna say like for me to forget <laughs> would have been like, oh, I saw the days off. I saw you submitted some days off for quite, but I didn't really care. It's Evening like Judd? okay, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just send my stuff to Age. So Dex, send us your picks, your official picks. Oh, for, we'll do. Uh, yeah, well, for, we're uh, gonna incorporate the picks segment into Feedback Friday tomorrow, our okay. live, our live stream. So there it is. Rachel says bye. Happy birthday, Dex. Thank you, Rasho. Thank you, Jeff.